music. Oh my god, yeah, it's bumping. Yeah, it sounds good. Mm. Ambush and rattlesnake mm. gulch. Mm. Welcome to this week in film. It's week forty-six. I'm surrounded by mats. <laughs> uh, you should be so lucky. It's the podcast where we get together and talk about the films we've seen over the past week in film. I'm, I'm Nick Panato, joined as always by Matt Vitri. Hi, everybody. And Other Matt Godish. Yeah. We're going to call him Other Matt. And then if Other Matts join the show, they will get their own names. But for now, we've got Matt and Other Matt, okay. who is sitting very uncomfortably. <laughs> but I can right see now. everyone. You'll need to make eye contact. Yeah, We're, no, I am, stare at me. Like no, I am I unaccustomed to looking him in the face when <laughs> I speak to him. My so. family won't even look at me. <laughs> So, Don't be offended. Other Matt. Yes. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah it's good. I, I just want to apologize. I'm going to giggle probably this entire oh, time. Great. Other Matt. Yeah. Hey, thanks for showing up. Yeah. yeah. All right, I got to go, guys. You said you were. All right. Bye-bye. Um, if you want to call me Captain Matt at some no, point, wanna, that's fine, too. I'm not going to 50% of the Matts on this show sometimes don't even show up yeah well so and then you get a text after the show <laughs> starts saying i'm not going to be there but can you still ask my question yeah you didn't ask my question yeah no we didn't i'm sorry i wasn't here <laughs> i uh i was all for thanksgiving that's not even true <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> i was just off that day oh okay yeah. all right well getting to the meat of it matt v hello what did you see this week? I saw Manchester by the Sea, uh, and it was emotional. And this is the Casey Affleck yes. vehicle? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. The movie is directed by Kenneth Lonergan. I think that's how you say his name. It's also written by him. Uh, it's produced by Matt Damon, who was going to play the Casey Affleck role in this film, uh, but did not. Then he got too old? Well... <laughs> It's also produced by uh, John Krasinski. And it's Jim from The Office? Yes, and people from uh, Project Greenlight, if you've ever seen that show, Chris Moore, producer. Hmm. Anyway, uh, the movie was fantastic, and I have to say that I was surprised because I watched the trailer of this movie and thought it looked like a Hallmark movie. I thought it was going to be terrible, to be honest with you. Uh and it wasn't. It was very good. Uh, it was very unpredictable. Really? Yes, very unpredictable. I have to say, the movie, the the, the twist, I did not see coming. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, from the trailer, it yeah, looks it pretty much like a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah, like you know exactly like what we were yeah, saying yeah. a couple weeks ago. Like I know how this is gonna go. Yeah, yeah. and I did, you're saying I don't know how. It's yeah, gonna I'm go. saying you don't know how that movie's gonna go. It looks like challenge accepted. When I saw that, when I saw the preview for that movie, I thought of like a there's like a da- uh, Alec Baldwin movie where he has like a weird uh, Boston accent from like the late '90s. I can't remember the name of it, but Finding Providence. That might be it, <laughs> and. I, it reminded me of that, and I, I don't know why. I think that's a Farrelly Brothers movie. It, wow. it, it, I think you're right, actually, yeah. And that where he hits the cop car? Yeah, he's got park. the son, but the yeah. guy, like, that kid is always in things. I don't... Yeah. He's don't always popping about. up, and you're like, oh, it's this guy again? Yeah. It looks like the kid from that movie about the fat kid. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm, you'd know what I'm talking about if you saw him. You'd be like, oh, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down here. It's like but, Walter or something like that. What was that movie called? I 
I don't know offhand. But back to this don't movie. Don't just placate me so that you can move on. I will. Uh, I will yeah. dominate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, he's taking over. Matt, uh, uh, other Matt, do you know who? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, all right. Well, all right. Well, anyway, I only know two Alec Baldwin movies: Beetlejuice and The Departed. You've never seen The Shadow. You've never seen no. The Shawshank Redemption. He's oh, not in. Baldwin's he plays in the that. prison. Oh yeah, he, he plays, plays the, the prison. prison. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's in everything. He's, his belly button really is good. what Andy Dufresne crawls through. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. And 30 Rock, which is not a film. It's not. But it's a very good show. It is a very good show. It was a very good show. But this isn't This Week in TV. No, it's not. That's another podcast that I'm in the wrong happen. place. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go. Uh, <laughs> Continue, Matt. Um, oh, thank you for your permission. <laughs> So anyway, this I movie love to uh wreck the conversation. Yeah. Continue, Matt. Oh. <laughs> Nicholas, thank you very much. You're welcome. For your blessing. Uh Point. So this film, yeah, uh, Casey Affleck, best acting I've seen in a movie in a long time. Really? Yes. Uh he's do he's doing things in this movie that I like into what uh Heath Ledger did in uh Brokeback Mountain. In that he's giving a very silent Oh my god. Not <laughs> Like that. He's giving a very silent performance. Uh, and he's conveying so much with just, like, the looks on his face. And these, like, thousand-mile stares. Uh, and it is, it's captivating to watch, to be honest. Uh, you don't really know much about the character until you see him develop. And, uh, you know, kudos to Kenneth Lonergan, uh what he does to his character in this movie is almost abusive as like a as like a t- movie character i mean like a main character he it he takes you on this like character arc and i can't remember a movie where you see this this person progressing and then all of a sudden they just digress the in the third act back to what they originally were like he has a character arc that Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Like, I mean, don't spoil character. the movie. That I'm not, though. I'm, I'm not really giving anything away. He's just saying, like, just he, it all away. he, his mindset, it, it goes from, I mean, I'll, I'll give this away. Like, he's living in Boston <laughs> by by himself in the beginning of the movie. I give him the, give the beginning of the movie. You see that in the trailers. He's living by himself in Boston. You don't know. He looks like a loner. Uh, he's living, he's a janitor. Is he a genius janitor? No, he's not. He's not a genius janitor. <laughs> Boring. That guy's not in the movie at all, but yeah, he's living in a in a studio apartment. His brother dies. Uh, that's not really a spoiler. That's also in the trailer. And he has how to go die? take a. How does he die? He has congestive heart failure. That's a spoiler. See, uh, we don't. Jeez. Yeah, I mean that's no. not really a spoiler. It's they talk about that in the preview. Other Matt, do they? Please, good up for speaking here. All right, my God. <laughs> That was mean. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt, we're already 30 minutes into the show. I know yeah. we're not. So, anyway, yeah, his uh, brother dies, yeah, and he has to go take care of his brother's son, his nephew. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to live in the city or town where his the kid lives. And you're just watching him try to like formulate a relationship uh, during the story, but you're also seeing how this, those two interacted when the now I guess like 16 year old 
nephew, uh, that you're seeing how they interacted when he was like seven or eight years old. Right. And you're getting a backstory to Casey Affleck's uh, character. And you're wondering like what happened to him uh, from this backstory to where he is now. And they're kind of, I mean, they're, they kind of like give away little hints and then they're not right. Like he ends up getting into like a bar fight with people over, I'm not going to give that away because that kind of is the hint, but he gets into a bar fight with people like for a reason. And you think, Oh wow. Okay. This is the direction this movie's going to go. He's played by this, like, you know, denial of something, but it doesn't go that route. And you're still like maybe 25 more minutes go by before you realize what happened. And he's going through this town and everywhere he goes, people are saying, Oh, that's, I believe his character's name's Lee. Like, oh, that's Lee, and, and everyone seems to know who he is, and you don't know why everyone knows who he is. Uh, but again, this movie, it's my pick right now to win the Oscar. I haven't seen Moonlight yet. I uh, I plan on seeing that next week. Best Picture. Yeah, I want to really? say, I'm uh, at least nominated for Best Picture. Casey Affleck's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor in this movie. Wow. Uh, that trailer definitely made it seem like that's what they were going for, though. But that, I mean, that, that trailer Oscar really looks like... Trailer. I'm gonna say like I watched that trailer three times because I was like trying to decide if I was gonna watch that or Moonlight this week, and I actually just I I posted a uh, question on my Facebook uh, already page. plugging things, whoa, huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I'm just saying it's like, hey, what, what like what should I see? Who wants to hear about either Moonlight or Manchester by the Sea? And an overwhelming number of uh, middle-aged women commented. <laughs> <laughs> wanted me wanted to see Manchester by the Sea, so I'm um, here. I am talking about that. Oh well. Okay. Hello, ladies. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know who you are, and you know. I hope you enjoyed my dissertation. Well, I want to see it, but you're right that like the trailer does make it look very by the books. So yeah, that's I mean, that's very enticing, ladies. <laughs> oh. So that's uh, cool. Yeah, and maybe I'll review it again yeah, after fun. everyone's seen it. Maybe like, well, maybe like f- during Oscar season. So you didn't like it. the movie? I I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, however, oh, you kept there was like, no, sorry. However, like I was say, just no, gonna say, say like it it wasn't like the I I tend to like I I missed last week. I'm sorry about that again. Oh, but you uh. Did? Ray, no I guess, reviewed Nocturnal Animals. And That's right. We're not going over it. I'm you not going to see go it over this it week. all. You didn't see it this week. I'm not. You blew it. I'm just saying, I think I like Nocturnal Animals a little bit better than Manchester by the Sea, personal preference, but I could see this being the, the Oscar winner. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So wow. So would you say it was fantastic? Uh, Speaking of fantastic, <laughs> see, I, I watched, uh, I saw a bunch of movies this week. Um, uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, I saw Captain Fantastic. Oh, yes, and um, it was very good. Oh, it's see. a very good movie. Um, Viggo Mortensen was excellent. This is part one of our update segment for this week. I'm not going to go into everything that we went into the the other week, but um, Viggo Mortensen was fantastic. But I hated his character. He was he was a monster of a human being. Yeah, he's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. But he plays uh, it well, right? No, no. Like the, the acting in the movie is just phenomenal. Um, I feel like a lot of it is a little too stereotypical. Um, like, for instance, when they go to the sister's house and the family there is is very 
well, we live in modern times and, and, and he's, you know, well, I like to live off the grid kind of a thing, you know, like I was like, all right, I get it. Okay. You know, like video games. Yeah. Like we play video games that don't know the constitution. My kids don't play video games and they do know the constitution, oh. you know, like. So your kids you, are stupid. So like, so like, like they were a little heavy handed with a lot of that, but like that guy, what he did to his kids is straight up child abuse. Yeah. That, that is, there's the grandfather in the movie who's supposed to be like the antagonist is 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Like I completely understand um, Vigo Mortensen's reasoning, but he is a madman. Does he not give the, the, the kids like a choice in the matter either? Is it like, uh, this is well, how you're going to live? I guess to go briefly over, over the plot. Um, the, uh, the plot of the movie is Vigo Mortensen's wife dies uh, and he and his six or seven kids want to go to her funeral. Um, but his wife's father hates Vigo Mortensen because him and his wife started this life of them living off the grid. Um, and he says, if you come here, I'm going to have you arrested and have your children taken from you. Um, and so the movie is about them going to this funeral and then like trying to deal with, you know, your mother and your wife dying. But um, but also like entering the real world, like the like experience right entering the, entering the real world, and then also being prevented from experiencing the real world. Like for instance, they go to a restaurant in the one scene, and the kids are like, "Ooh, pancakes, hot dogs! Let's have pancakes or hot dogs." And Dad's like, "We're getting out of here. We're get they don't have any real food here." And then they proceed to rob a store. Yeah. <laughs> And the dad justifies it as we were just trying to have fun and keep our minds off things. Operation like the dad, freedom or something. That's a, yeah, family values. The like the dad, the dad is so deluded that he can justify whatever he does as being this is the right thing and this is the way things are supposed to be. Hmm. When really all he is is like I could I could completely understand living off the grid and like trying to get away from society, but to prevent the people in your family from experiencing other things or like letting your child hang off the side of a mountain <laughs> after he breaks his hand during a rainstorm like i mean Wait, the, so this that really happened yeah, yeah. well it was before yeah. the rain like well, that was that was great Still, there, yeah. you know but like but like the, the 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 dad is a monster of a person i mean and the whole movie he's the protagonist of the story so you're kind of like along with him where you're like oh yeah uh Modern society is kind of messed up, and it is. But do you think you were but, looking at it like as a father, where you're like, well, I wouldn't do this? I think I'm just looking at it as a person, as a human being, like, right? Where you're just like, I, uh, I had a big problem with like the PT every day that he makes those kids like they're run, they're running like 15 miles and yeah. doing like burpees. Well, they're, they're training for a disaster that will never never come. come. Yeah, you know, like he wants his kids to be like cavemen, basically. Like this is how man is supposed to live, and. That's not how we are as a society anymore because the first thing that they do when they get to the real world is go to a store like to buy to buy stuff. But then when they don't want to buy the processed food in the store, he then proceeds to steal people's livestock. Yeah. Like he tells the kid to shoot the sh like a sheep that's in someone's field, which is just theft. Like it's not like... It's not like you you raised the sheep and slaughtered it yourself. You're you're now teaching your children that stealing is okay because it serves 
because these these sheep are farm sheep, you know, like they're, you know, like that this is wrong. You should be able to hunt it and kill it yourself. Although that scene at the beginning of the movie was awesome. Yeah. That was crazy. The kid hunts the deer down. Anyway, Captain Fantastic is definitely worth checking out, but I, I the Vigo Mortensen character really <laughs> ticked me off. Oh, uh, update with that movie. Noam Chomsky. Update to the update. update, yeah, update, update. To the update. Noam Chomsky is alive and well. What? Yeah. <laughs> No one named Noam Chomsky should have lived past... No one named Noam should be alive past <laughs> 1967. Yeah, he's alive and well. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Wow. Whoops. Good news. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking good news. <laughs> Noam, 2016 has not yet claimed the life of Noam Chomsky. <laughs> All right. Matt. Yeah. Uh, other Matt, I believe. Other Matt. Yeah, yeah. Matt, who's shown up for all of the shows yeah. he's been eligible. I'm one for one. That's pretty good. Oh, here we what go. did you see... This week, uh, so I got my assignment a little late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the only movie I could see uh, was X Men Apocalypse. We've which, seen it. Moving on. All right. So, um, but I, I know you guys talked about it. Uh, I think it was week twenty-two, oh, to be exact, that you talked about it. And you guys did a spoilers, not spoilers. That was twenty-four weeks ago. Wow. Don't be. That's a long time. Uh, it is a long. It is. Yeah. It's almost half a year. I think it's over. Well, you could create Holy half of a set six. of twins in that time. <laughs> well, maybe you can. Uh, Not me. Not everyone's so skilled, I would say. Um, but yeah, no, I saw. I s- oh, I get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw, seen both those words, X Men Apocalypse, and it, it was okay. The issue that that movie franchise was going to have from the beginning is that they made Jennifer Lawrence got very famous in the middle of that that movie series happening so then they had to follow in my mind one of the most boring mutants mystique just changes what she looks like that's like how is she supposed to lead anyone how is she supposed to be anything other than just a distraction for the main people to go and do something so when Jennifer Lawrence got big, that's not to say that I'm opposed to Jennifer Lawrence in any way, but if she was an actual useful mutant, I feel like Apocalypse could have been potentially better. There was a lot of other crazy nonsense. I mean... Is it Olivia Mum who just looks uncomfortable the whole movie? The whole movie looks like... Wearing her she, pink duck, purple yeah, duct tape. Yeah. And, I mean, mind you, she looked good, but she looked uncomfortably good. Um didn't look natural yeah it just yeah. yeah it just was like yeah, you probably you could put this on you could put something else on it's fine yeah. like more pants it's yeah, cool. yoga pants are in like you just wear yoga yeah. pants that's fine um but it's just there's very i'm led to believe that apocalypse is a symbiote i guess who just takes over the host of mutants while carrying a mutant gene that he is developed over time so while he while apocalypse wants to destroy mankind and build a better world um he also wants charles xavier really badly who mind you can't walk so i don't think he should be that difficult for an all-powerful mutant to just take where he wants like it it was very it's like master blaster (laughs) wears him on his back yeah he just like the whole movie is the whole movie is is led to believe that like xavier was going to like finish apocalypse's like evolution to be like the most powerful mutant yeah and Mm -hmm. it 
but it was unnecessary. <laughs> like, to just, he yeah, just walked into a building and stole them, and no one would have really been able to like, like he can't really stop them that much. Yeah, once a, once you show that somebody can just turn people into a wall, yeah, then, or dust or whatever, yeah, then you don't really need Magneto to. <laughs> Stand there with his arms out, and I don't for even know what he was half. doing. Like in the end of the movie, he has this sphere of material, debris. Yeah, yeah, debris around him. I don't know why. Right, like, yeah, I don't know why. And then he stops because I think it's supposed to be he's just increasing his magnetic field. So he's shaking the earth. I he's guess just pulling everything in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Was, he's murdering uh, a lot of people. Is what really he's doing. Just but like really. he's able to. He's doing all that, and you have all this debris flying around, and Jennifer Lawrence just goes over to yeah. him and goes, Hey, Stop. what's up? Yeah. Um, I'm me? in this scene for some reason. Could you stop? No. Hmm. Mm, no. Really help us out if you stop. Yeah, we'll be awesome, super awesome. We'll forgive you for killing billions of people. We'll, we'll just say forgive you. Hundreds of thousands of people. I love this Easily. movie. What? I really like X-Men Apocalypse. No, you didn't. I was along for the ride. No way, Don't man. We talked about this when it Don't came you? out, and you were you hated along it. Along for the ride. Well, here's the thing. You're just being contrarian. Yeah, I think contrarian. I, I'm going to say that I, don't, I, I didn't care about the Jennifer Lawrence character, much like anybody else, but the, the kids in that movie, I wanted to just follow around the kids. Like, I didn't need the old... But this is, that, you didn't need like the Magneto, like, hey, he's good. He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's a good guy again. Yeah, like he always is in all those movies. Like, just you take him out. You can't have Magneto be a good guy, and that's what the movies want. The movies yeah. want Magneto to be like this good guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not a good guy. Or he like just believes that he just believes that what he's doing is right. Or like you're understanding his motivations for being a bad guy. You can see right. his like point I, of view, I but not necessarily that. agree. Like with I get that, but in the movies they keep trying to make him out to be a good guy. Yeah, because he keeps teaming up with the X Men, which yeah. happens in the comic book all the time. Yeah, but like it's always for some greater. And I'm pretty sure in the comic books, in the in the TV series, the cartoons, uh, Magneto does team up with the X Men to try and take on Apocalypse. I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not. Yeah, they fight apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It, like together and stuff. So it's like but, that union. It, it, if that was the first time it happened, then I can like let go. But the fact that that's the kind of the it's the like crux the of every movie. They've teamed up. Yeah. And he's double crossed them. Or, yeah. Well, they don't even really team up in this movie. He just oh, all right. I guess I'll yeah, join Apocalypse's the, Super Squad. I, I would feel like Apocalypse's Super Squad was like reminiscent to to uh, Master. You guys ever seen the Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren? Long time ago. It, that, that, like the Skeletor. Like, for some reason, Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse reminded me of Skeletor. But the thing about it might sound like it's raining. Yeah, it's it's, the, it's simply not though. It's no, it's, it's not. It's part of. It's just my it's a uh, part of our atmosphere. Yeah, we're just here. Sorry, sorry man. I just sorry. wanted to comment on the weather. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to drive through this. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, you have to leave this. Not all about you. Yeah. Yeah, leave. The <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, so the I've now I've, I've lost my train of thought here. Oh, great! All right. Apocalypse. Uh. No, oh, no, the Wolverine scene in that movie. I just wanted to watch Wolverine after I saw that. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, Wolverine's like the, everyone's favorite 
X Men. But it, like, but it was like that was the most interesting part of the X-Men. entire movie. It really was. It it's, really was I, the most interesting I, part of the whole movie. I really agree with you that Jennifer Lawrence is too big of a star for this movie mm-hmm. to the point where you could tell it clearly affected the script choices. Absolutely. Um, where Jennifer Lawrence doesn't belong in the movie at all but a lot of that stuff doesn't belong in the movie oh, yeah. like, so much of it is waste it's just a waste of time it really got me thinking of uh last stand the third x-men yeah. film too many that, too many, too many new characters things trying to too much going trying to introduce on. too much i thought this movie was leaps and bounds better than the x-men last Stand. i agree i agree i just but it's still like I said during the last review, even Brian Singer can make a bad X. Yeah, and that's oh, a sad, yeah. that's a sad world we live in. It is sure. because well, it's because his movie, like I think that they become formulaic for him. And I think I like know. if you watch, I mean, he's only made I, three, four of them. And, you know, yeah, like, the first the first three he made were great. I also think it was more like he was given, like Days of Future Past was awesome. I thought it was. I think that's the best one thus far. And Easily, it, it was really good, and he took. He. I might but, like X Men Two more. But X-Men, I really like it. Yeah, I mean, I like X Men Two a lot, but if you like, I rewatched that maybe like a month ago, and there's like the, my the same problem I had with the first X Men movie. Yeah, after I, I saw it for the first time and like rewatched it, there really isn't that like a lot of action in either one of those movies. There's there's a lot of dialogue. And well, there's a lot, lot of, of there doesn't need to be a lot of action. There's a well, lot no. of there's a lot of character development. There's a lot of story but, so that when the action does happen, you care about what's happening to these characters. Like when the school when the 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 army guys invade the school, Wolverine's going around slashing those guys up in X Men Two. You're concerned for what's happening in the scene. Whereas in this new Apocalypse movie, oh hey look, Olivia Munn. I don't care. I know that she's going to lose. The you the know? Wolverine movie, the the last Wolverine movie that uh, the Wolverine, yeah, the Wolverine. That movie was that awesome. movie had that a ton of action great. and developed like the character and the story during the action sequences. Uh, I don't think that like that's something but, that maybe that wasn't figured out. Like uh, this movie's really, like sixteen years old now. Almost. Yeah, they're old. So uh, I think they've come sure. like the the franchise has come a long way, but. I, I for some reason I find the third I mean the first X Men's on TV I'll watch it if if I got nothing else to do but like I'm not gonna go out of my way to to see it just because oh I mean it's really dated now it's really I mean, dated like, now. when it came out it was state of the art mm-hmm. yeah you know like the last movie that the last comic book movie that was made before that was Blade Blade and before that was Batman and Robin right so it's it's like I mean if you think about the transition there, like that's huge. Like to go from Batman and Robin to like a movie like X Men, and then they take that movie and then they make X Two, and then Brian Singer signed his deal with Warner Brothers and they gave Brett Ratner the Last Stand in order to spite to destroy his X Men franchise. Anyway, <laughs> final thoughts on X Men Apocalypse. Um, Matt, I, I will say that X Men is one of the few movies that like would benefit from. M- uh, what Marvel has done with the other comic, comic book characters, like giving some of them their own origin stories other than Wolverine, mm-hmm. and then pulling them together for a few big movies. I think you mentioned that in your in your week twenty two, and um, they uh, it, it was. That sounds so smart. <laughs> it, there's very like uh, interesting characters, and mutants are are extremely interesting in the sense that like they're 
the life they have to live being a mutant. So like hearing their origins, like there was no origin stories. Like, I don't know how Jennifer Lawrence's mystique learned how to fight and why she's so good at fighting. And then why yeah, she's three movies in the and Jennifer I, Lawrence's yeah. mystique. And we don't know anything other anything. than, other than yeah. she knew Charles. Just, and I'm also supposed to be led to believe that Jennifer Lawrence is Rebecca Romain, not Stamos, uh, in the future, but yet she would have been mystique would be like almost sixty by time X Men yeah, comes the around. Other problem with the so like the is, is that because Days of Future Past, like first class took place in the sixties, Days of Future Past was in the seventies, and this one is in the eighties for no reason other than well, we got to jump decades yeah. now. But they now you go ten years every you know like your cast years. is all spread out in age. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. And then, it just the, didn't work. The biggest redeeming factor I think of X Men Apocalypse. The, like the one thing that I really liked was that scene where was it the who's the, the fast guy the f- Quicksilver Quicksilver best part <laughs> that, that best part of the whole movie but again it doesn't make any sense that he wasn't able to save his bro- uh, the, uh, well, the other guy's brother it doesn't make yeah, any sense doesn't make any sense makes no sense at all he got everybody but one but person. the one guy but like who, everybody is totally fine, fine. too well like yeah. that wouldn't be a problem if there was a reason for the brother to die and there was no reason Cyclops yeah. didn't gain or move his character needle at all it would stay the same yeah. and he just didn't grow from the experience so like I understand useless or like letting things go when something happens just being like whatever it's a movie but only if it's to further the plot or further along yeah. a character yeah this movie was just a dialogue scene just to get to the next useless action sequence exactly. we'll just well here we're gonna th- we're gonna throw a c-list mutant from the x-men comics at you for like a second so you'll think it's cool yeah, yeah. kind of thing yeah okay so final thoughts done period this week i watched Best of the best two. Woo! Continuing uh, last week, I watched the first best of the. Oh, best. yeah, you weren't yeah. you weren't here. You, weren't I, here. Yeah. you would know if you were here. I listened. Uh-huh. Did you listen at least? I listened to the pot. Yeah, I listened to the show. I don't believe he did. Um, no, so if I you did listen, going on. then I described the entire movie to you. I'm not going to do that this time. Oh, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to watch best of the best two for yourself. But <laughs> I think at this point, great. at this point, I think I'm locked into the best of the best series. So. Uh, so, best of the best two takes place after the events of best of the best. So, so well, spoiler alert for best of the best two, by the way. Um, so, spoiler alert. Well, well, hold on. Let's just. So, can we give a recap for the audience no, about the, no, uh, the best, don't. best one? Well, I'm gonna. Well, right, so okay. best of the best one. The Americans lose to the Koreans. Yeah. But the Koreans give the Americans their medals. America wins. America doesn't because kill he the didn't guy, kill right? the guy. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, now, yeah. best of the best two starts. Um. We're in Las Vegas now. Mm-hmm. Chris Penn, Eric Roberts, and Philip Ree. Asian guy? All live together, I think. Yeah, Asian guy. Yeah. It's an awesome All guest. live together. All live together. Bob Saga guy and Bearded Amish <laughs> guy are no longer, no longer well, around. They were big losers. But for whatever reason, Eric Roberts and Chris Penn and Philip Lee, who plays Tommy, all live in Las Vegas together. They're just hanging and banging. Uh, Tom, uh, Chris Penn. Um, somehow finds out about underground fight leagues in Las Vegas, and he signs up. And, oh, and the big one, up. And he signs Is there up. Is like, like a paper he, you he sign? Gets, yeah, he signs away. He signs, he signs a waiver. waiver. <laughs> he signs a waiver, and because it's a movie that takes place in nineteen eighty-eight. Wayne Newton is in the movie because any oh, movie, wow. any movie that takes place in the eighties in Las Vegas, I guess there's some sort of law that Wayne Newton has to be in your movie. <laughs> well, he owns a town. I mean, 
There are so many movies that Wayne Newton is in where you're always like, Wayne Newton? Anyway, so Wayne Newton is like the MC of the fight, the fight organization. There's a guy named Braxton who owns the fight club and the casino. Wait, can I can I pause? You is, sure can. Is Wayne Newton Wayne Newton in this movie or no, is he, he playing okay, he plays a say, different why is he Wayne Newton Wait, Wayne Newton's he's like, not playing Wayne Newton? No, no, he plays other Vegas guys. Because it would have been dare them ask us to forget he that he's Wayne, Wayne Newton in movies. Oh my it's god. Underground fighting and then there it's like are you Wayne Newton? What are you Right. What are you doing here? So the the rules of this fight uh underground fight club yeah. are you have to fight the gladiators. There's like different levels of gladiators to fight. And if you beat all of them, you get to fight Braxton, who's this huge dude who is actually Man, someone I should watch the no big holds bad bar. guy of the movie is uh played by Ralph Moeller. And he is actually, and I didn't realize it till I looked it up, but he is one of the dudes from Gladiator that, remember in Gladiator when he's afraid to eat the food because it might be poisoned? He's the guy that like takes the scoop and eats it. Oh. So that dude's huge and he's been huge for like forever and ever. So anyway, if you beat that guy who plays Braxton, I think it's Braxton, and uh, I don't even want to and you win, you beat him and you win, you get to own the casino. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's we're talking about playing for keeps. Yeah. That's not nonsense. If you at beat all. him in the fight, you you get to own the casino. It's like racing for pink. Right. But if you if you lose a fight, they take it to the crowd and it's just like gladiators. Thumbs up, you live, oh. thumbs down, you die. Wait, so, so it's this whole underground thing of a battle to the death? No, it's not battle to the death, but like once you lose the fight, they close the curtain oh. to the main crowd, and then the inner circle gets to decide whether or not the contestant lives. Wow. So, Eric Roberts' son. He's still is, in it? Uh, oh, yeah. He's a big part of this one. Oh, wow. Eric Roberts' son. How old is uh, he now? Would you he's got to be like 14 okay. at this point. He needs a babysitter one night, but Eric Roberts and Tommy- Real going life. out on a date with Eric Roberts's sports reporter girlfriend and random girl, and the fourteen-year-old needs a babysitter. But he's like, "I don't need a babysitter." And Eric Roberts says, "Chris Penn will come pick you up." So Chris Penn comes and picks him up and says, "Hey, look, kid, we're not hanging out and watching movies. I got a fight." So they go to the underground fight club, and Chris Penn dies. I was about to say he has to die, yeah, right? I'm gonna, yeah. Chris Penn gets to gets gets killed. He gets killed. <laughs> Who cares why um, so or how? The kid witnesses it, and he runs away, and he goes to his dad, who's Eric Roberts, and he's like, they killed him. And Wayne Newton says, and then they go and question Wayne Newton, and Wayne Newton says, no, we didn't. Oh, my God. There's lying. <laughs> and, and so, anyway, the movie progresses to the point where they kidnap Tommy, the Asian guy. They okay. kidnap him and force him to fight in the underground fight league. And at this point, Eric Roberts goes breaks into the the news studio where the sports reporter girlfriend is about to go on air, and he says, "You need to report on this right now." And the sports reporter girlfriend says, "I I can't do that. No one, but she didn't investigate it. I don't know if anything that you're saying is true, and I have no corroborating evidence." And then Eric Roberts proceeds to like berate her and tell her what a horrible person she is because she won't read this news story about how Wayne Newton is killing people. Did, did he write the story? Well, he just comes in and tells her, you got to report on this. And she's literally seconds. The guy is counting her down before she goes on. You couldn't see me, but I was doing five, four, 
does Eric Roberts I, I could, I could speak, speak with that weird voice like he used to have? Yeah, he has like the old man voice. The old man voice, he's like 32. He looks, he's gotten a haircut since the first movie, so he looks slightly better, but he still looks like he's so allegedly coked out of his mind. <laughs> anyway. Is, so, he, is he, like, you said in the last thing, uh, last episode about best of the best, that they seem like they realized they picked the wrong person. They did story. it again. Did they do it again? Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, we're following Eric Roberts around for most of the movie. Yeah, from and then, mistakes. so Tommy gets captured. Tommy's the main character again <laughs> because he's got to fight fight to survive. And then we follow Eric Roberts as he goes and gets Eye Patch Guy because they're oh. old buddies now. And they break into the casino to rescue Tommy. Eventually, Tommy, Tommy fights his way up to Braxton. He's going to fight the big boss. And Eric Roberts gets there just in time. And he goes, all right, Tommy, beat him up. Meanwhile, Tommy's face is like, broken from getting hit in the face with nunchucks and stuff. So they break in, but they didn't have an actual plan to get him out. No, they they just, were like, they no, we just want to watch. Fight. We're just here to watch. But meanwhile, Wait. earlier in the movie... He doesn't interject and like fight. He doesn't like take no, over. He's not like, I'll, I'll take it from anything. here. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. We're going to break in, and then we're going to get he popcorn. He stands there and it's like, yeah. He's like, do it. Can I do it? Can I, he, you got is it. it. Is it like, go ahead. Get no, him. I'm not even going to go back. There, there's so many... Classic uh. characters. I, best of the best two, I think, is way better than the first one in a worst way. Like it is not a better movie, but it is much more fun to watch. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about best of the best three. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, so anyway, so Tommy beats Braxton, and Dwayne Newton says, "Well, you own the casino now." And Tommy says, "Shut it down," and drops the mic. What? Yeah, I wonder if that's the first recorded drop mic. Does it he, might be. Does he get like all the money from the vault? No, the movie just ends again. Wait, it just, like, it's just wait, that's how it ends? I'm pretty sure that's how pretty it sure ends. sure there's like legal proceedings? Like they walk Maybe. out and and they go. Um, anyway, best of the best, too. Awesome. Um, I wanted to do another quick update segment. Oh, I watched oh. Star Wars The Force Awakens oh, yes. uh, again the other day for the, the second time. I'd only seen it one other time before. Oh. I liked it. I liked it even more <laughs> when I saw it in the theaters. And wait, you like those are all the movies I watched. That's you liked it more in the theaters. Nice. I liked it more the second time I saw it. Oh, okay, because I think the anticipation or the pressure was off the movie, so I was able right. to yeah. enjoy it a little more. Absolutely. Um, I watched The Conjuring too. Nope, we're done, Matt. It was uh, it's over. You wanted oh. to talk about Manchester, and you did, and you did. Sorry. You so did. I liked it a lot. Last week we had one question, which was. Ray's random request. Yes. And Stop. we had, right. it is tough to say. Um, we had a couple of answers. Uh, Chris says. Um, what was the question again? The, oh, right, right, right. You're right. Um, can you name a movie where the actor has a really bad fake accent? And Chris Killian says, The Departed. <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> um, and then someone named Matt Godish, <laughs> who may be in the car. Yeah. He's named other Matt. Yeah. Uh, he says Nicholas Cage and Con Air. Great, yeah. great answer. Put the bunny. Hey there, honey bunny. Can hey, I baby. Um, and then Dan, who's also a part of the show, oh. uh, co-host Dan. He says uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, who's Belgium, trying <laughs> to do a Spanish <laughs> accent in The Expendables <laughs> Two, which I don't remember, Jean-Claude but it sounds Van Damme. right. 
Um, and then he goes on to say, actually, Van Damme and anything and Sean Connery. And I was going to say, Van Damme and anything, like Star or Street Fighter, he was an American soldier. Yeah. And Universal crap. soldier. Let's go and kick <laughs> Bison's ass. <laughs> yeah, like, well, what about uh, Keanu Reeves and the Devil's Advocate? It's funny you should say that. Oh, that's a great answer because Nick, or Dan says that my Eric Roberts impression sounds just like my Keanu Reeves impression. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and he also goes on to say that Van Damme and Sean Connery are the inaugural members of the never played their own nationality nationality hall of fame yeah um i would say and i haven't seen it but just from the previews will smith and concussion his accent drives me insane are you sure that's not close though have you ever heard the actual guy talk no nope. he's from he's i don't want to watch man. concussion just because of the tell the truth what about uh dicaprio in blood diamond I never saw Blood Diamond. I like a South African accent. I thought it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I guess. He got nominated for an Oscar for that movie, so I guess I'm... I'd also have to say Will Smith and After Earth again. With that weird non... The future accent. Yeah, whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, Dyer, do you have a question for this week's Matt's extermination? Well, he had a question last week. I I had a question uh, two weeks ago that has been hiding me to answer. Matt's... What? I'm still trying to he, think of the he's name. He's trying to get here. this. Let him get it. Matt's meticulouses. Mad Dad Nation. Examinations. Because there's two of you. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Oh. Light bulb. Just, I just saw I the light bulb. Just the coffee Things fell over the place. Matt, ask the first half of a question. Oh. Ooh. Jeez Louise. No matter. Say say six what words. This is 1952. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'm sorry. All right. All right. The first half of a question. Uh-huh. He's, that's the easy part of the question, too. You're like, what is? Welcome to why the you listen? <laughs> I'm getting hazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why don't you, you know. You thought you were getting your own solo question? Yeah, you should yeah. have had your own name. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't the go-to show, all right? The go-to shower. Uh, go to what is on. your favorite? I'll do it again. Oh, wait. What oh. is your favorite? Adam Sandler movie. Oh, that God. is not Please Happy Gilmore don't. or Billy Madison. Oh, okay. Got stipulations. It's got to be Big Daddy. I think that's the only answer. We're going overboard. Can I? Uh, I have an answer to a question I asked a few weeks ago that I actually just watched The Devil's Advocate again. Uh, I had that question I posed that no one answered. It was uh, too many well, people answered. Well, hold on. Yeah, well, too many people answered. I'm sorry. So many answers. Yeah, so many answers. So little time to get to. We don't want to make any of the audience members mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked that question. What is your favorite uh, question and response in a movie? Yeah. Uh, like, for instance, Ray's was from the Monster Squad. And the Devil's Advocate, Keanu Reeves walks into Al Pacino's house for the first time. And the maid goes, he, he says, oh, like, what is he, asleep? And the maid goes, no, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't have a bed. And oh. Keanu Reeves goes. My son listens to this. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, watch that scene. It's hilarious. I saw it coming, so I was able to stop you. Oh, thank you. Sometimes they get through, but I saw that one coming a mile away. <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of the best questions. How the would they podcast. say it on TBS at six, three o'clock? You'd in the say, uh, "Where does he fandango?" <laughs> And Al Pacino <laughs> just pops up in the back. He's like, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
Well, I laughed forever. That was great. <laughs> All right, so this week's question is, what is your favorite Adam Sandler movies? <laughs> Movie. 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 Um, all right. Well, we don't have any time to play games this week. Last week we played Thanks. a game. Okay, so if you're listening to us right now on the Podcast Radio Network, hopefully you, hopefully you noticed that we started at 10 o'clock instead of 10.30 because that's our new time. Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. And uh, tell all of your friends and loved ones about it. Um, if you want to hear more from us, <laughs> if you want to hear more from us, check us out at... Uh, thisweekinfilm.com because we just got that. We got thisweekinfilm.com. You don't have to go to This Week in Film podcast anymore, but go ahead, type them both in. See what happens. Great oh. the internet. One of them takes you to a website. The other one takes you down a both, rabbit both hole. Both of them do. Both of them do. Check out setintomatoes.com. Who? Yeah. Well, you can uh, answer, answer the Matt's questions. Question on our Facebook, Twitter, or our website, or Google+, Plus. any of the regular stuff. Um, and anyway, plugs, anything for you guys? Matt Godish, got a plug? What? I'm plug? not famous. I don't plugs. No plugs for Matt? Uh, again, check me out. My Instagram <sighs> is growing. I'm posting more, fi- more pictures. You're not famous. Uh, Twitter, it's just Matt Vitri and mattvitri.com. Okay. And Hit uh, me up. check out Charlie's book, Boy, Boy Zero. Um, I saw a copy of it yeah. uh, tonight. He he was talking months ago um, about a black and white edition of the book coming out, and I saw it. It, it looks it was very cool. Very, um, I was shocked at how different the black and white uh, book looked from the color one. It was uh, really cool. Uh, so I, I didn't actually get to ask him where you can get it from, but I'm sure it's available on Amazon, so check that out. Or demand that your local demand. comic book store gets it in there. Anyway... Thanks for listening. If that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. That's what I say at the end of the show. All right, bye. It's really bad. Bye.